Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Steven Island Football Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Misuboy SG and Starshot Bakery. Today, we have two of our resident MU guests here to talk about MU. <laughs> um, first of all, welcome back my co-host, Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Thanks, Stephen. Good to be back. Not a great <laughs> performance by MU, though. <laughs> Not a good time to be back as an MU fan, but, you know, excited to talk about it. For me, personally, that is. Um, Uday, welcome back as well. Hi, thank you. Um, I, I really don't know how to feel. We, I kind of expected Emu to lose. Uh, so I guess I feel quite indifferent. I mean, would it be better if it was a win? That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, um, firstly, I think I'll direct my questions to maybe Uday, lah, okay? Um, I know that you all don't want to talk about this and, and I've been pressing to talk about this for the past two weeks because we have been repeating the, the, the issues of Manchester United for the past three weeks now. And, you know, after the lose against Liverpool, then now, then, then we have the three new convincing victory over Tottenham. Um, probably it was something like a false dawn. And then you had to draw against Atlanta in the Champions League. And now here we stand dissecting the, 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 the loss against uh, City at home, two new. Um, United very late uh, a, a glove on, on City, on City's defense, right, Udi? What do you think after the match? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that um, it wasn't a convincing win against Spurs. It, I think Spurs was uh, in a relatively crisis mode and um, there were shouts of MU beating Spurs already. So, um, we, we we predicted, as in me and Arjun indicated that Emi was going to lose because we were looking at it at a negative side, which is what we have been always looking at for the past few weeks already. We felt that Emi was going to lose. But looks like Spurs was worse than Manchester United. I think the match against Atalanta was very indicative of how Manchester United's performance is. Where again, Emi um, fell behind and again, who else but Ronaldo to come and uh, rescue us. So, I... Still think there are a lot of problems. Um, we've discussed a lot. I just wanted to highlight that the game against Spurs was just very lucky for MU. And again, okay, and the game against Man City, yeah, uh, we, basically we were really terrible. Um, the first half, I noticed uh, Man United making mistakes, uh, but you only make mistakes once you are pressurized into it. And Man City definitely pressured Manchester United to make all these mistakes. Yeah, good point made there, uh, Uday. Arjun, um, you spoke about individual mistake causing uh, uh, causing MU to concede the goals against City and building up from the win against Spurs, the draw at Atlanta. Do you think that MU are just unlucky or there is an improvement in terms of performance under Ole? <laughs> um, okay, the game against Spurs, I think like what Uday said, it just like papered over the cracks. Uh, I didn't expect the Spurs side to be so much worse than we are. I think United was slightly better than the game against Liverpool, but nowhere near enough to have a 3-0 win. 
it was just that Spurs were so much worse than us. They played so much, uh, very, very badly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it looked like MU were back on track. And then the game against Atlanta, it was a deserved 1-0 back. So we were back, back 1-0 deserved, deservedly. Ronaldo rescued us, which we didn't deserve. And then we were back, back again 2-1, which we again deserved to lose. And then Ronaldo again rescued us. So, again, both the goals that United scored were moments of brilliance. The first goal, uh, Bruno setting up Ronaldo. And then the second goal, Ronaldo getting the volley. It was both just two really good moments of brilliance. But how many games can you rely on players doing that? Uh, which is why we are not winning enough games. Uh, if Atlanta were more, were more ruthless, honestly, they could have uh, won 5 nil on the day. That's how uh, good they were in the first half. And... I think Ure and I expected this against City. And when I saw the lineup uh, having five defenders, I just expected, okay, maybe it might not be a 5 nil, it might be a 3 nil. But looking at the performance today, if City had a striker like Kane, I think it would have been 5 nil easily. Um, I think the lack of a striker who could finish their chances sort of went against them. And because of that, they didn't actually score a proper goal. Both the goals were direct mistakes from United. Uh, but that doesn't forgive United's performance. It was terrible. As soon as they got the ball, they didn't know what to do. They gave it right back to City and rinse and repeat. Uh, for this kind of game, given the form United is in, maybe a Jose Mourinho kind of manager would have done much better. At least he can do the parking the bus part right. Maybe it would have been a deal under him. Yeah, actually, uh, Arjun made a good point there. Like Having somebody like Mourinho... Even though he has his days where he's just parking the bus and everything, uh, would have been perfect. Uh, Ole kind of adopted the tactics in previous matches against Man City. And looks like this time it didn't work out. Um, I was already texting you all indicating that MU have been quite poor against other City matches and quite lucky to win those matches. Um, I still stand by that. Uh, what I said. All right. Uh, thanks, Arjun, Arjun and Uday. Uday, um, last week, uh, we, we, we talked about the, 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 the Spurs game again uh, last week. Um, some, talk, some mentioned it as uh, El Sakiko between Uda, Ole and Nuno. And yeah, as you can see, Spurs lost the match and Nuno got a sack. And then in came Conte straight away. Do you think that MU kind of missed out on, on like, having Conte coming in to replace Ole just because they were hesitant in sacking Ole? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I brought it up, I think, earlier when we were talking with Sasselin about how MU should at least try to get Conte, even though what, whatever issues or toxic, toxicity that Conte has leaves behind the club, um, he was able to lead a 10th place Juventus to, sorry, Inter Milan to uh, a winning team last season. And when Chelsea was also 10th place, he was also brought there to win the league uh, the, the season right after, or the season that he joined. So Antonio Conte is actually a kind that would have able to stable Manchester United ship. Uh, apparently, he's the kind of manager that wants to join a team that has a vision. And clearly, Manchester United doesn't have a vision. So most probably why... Uh, we didn't try to approach him, even though he was interested to join. Uh, but if we explained the vision to him, I think he would have just rejected it altogether. Uh, and we definitely missed out on him. And 
he would have been a great addition as a manager for Manchester United. And right now, I don't even see any other candidates that's suitable uh, to join the team. Maybe the I've heard about in other podcasts how great the Atalanta manager is in the tactics and MU played him. And uh, I heard that the Atalanta's manager tactical changes around halftime was better than Ole's. And uh, I don't know, he might be a shout. That's all. It's it's a wasted opportunity. That's all I have to say. All right. Um. Thanks, Bude. Um. Arjun, you were on. You on. You on your hand. You were against the appointment of Conte. You know. You spoke about him being a short-term success, and you want MU to hire somebody with a long-term goal, a long-term project. Um. But what I feel and what Bude mentioned previously is that. Conte brings the short-term success and it's like a reset for, for, for MU right now because after changing um, four managers since Sir Alex sacking, um, you had Moyes, you had Mourinho, you had Wengau, and then you even had Giggs as well, and then you, now you have Ole. Um, do you think that's, that, that, that Conte coming in can have a reset, maybe win a trophy or two just to reset the winning mentality in the club again, or do you think that you still want something who come in, somebody who comes in with a long-term plan? Yeah, so um, why I was against Conte coming in is because I, I don't doubt that he's a top-class coach. I think he will definitely win at least one trophy. I highly doubt he'll win the title. Uh, although in past clubs, he has won the title. But I think United are that bad that I don't think he can win the title with United. But he might win the FA Cup or maybe a Europa League. But again, I feel like how many resets do we need post-Ferguson? Like we appointed David Moyes and then we finished seven. Louis Van Gaal was supposed to be a reset, top-class coach, uh, brought Netherlands to a third-place finish in the 2010 World Cup. And then he came and uh, slightly unfair sacking, we finished fourth and he had an FA Cup, but the United board decided it wasn't enough. They wanted a top-class coach uh, with proven success, so they went to Mourinho. That was sort of a reset as well. And then we saw the problems as well. Mourinho did win, but then his style of football wasn't what United wanted. And he started having problems with the players. And I see Conte as being similar to Mourinho in that sense. That in the short term, maybe in the first one or two seasons, he might give us one or two trophies, make us competitive. Yes. But when he leaves, which he will definitely leave, Conte is definitely not a long-term coach. I feel like it, United might be in a worse place than they are right now. Yes. Uh, but that does not mean I'm advocating for Oli to stay. I, I, I am still Oli out. But I still feel United should wait to get a coach with a long-term vision. Like maybe, uh, actually, one manager I was thinking of was the IX manager, Eric Ten Hag. He has actually done brilliantly. His IX team has gotten dismantled, basically, from the 2019 uh, side where they reached the semifinals. But he has rebuilt them uh, with some old players, some rejected players, and has made them really competitive, especially in the Champions League as well. So that, that's sort of what I feel about Conte. So I don't think if you really missed out on Conte because I don't think he's who we need right now. Look, like um, Arjun highlighted a very good uh, point about bringing the IX manager, but is somebody of that caliber going to leave a proper vision team and join uh, a shit show that is Manchester United? We need to think of that like long term, of course. I think um, Antonio Conte was willing to join. Yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. So... Uh, I feel, yeah, our appeal will reduce uh, given the situation we're in, but 
as the club being man united as bad as we were we were still able to attract some top class talent to the club so i think the man united names will still sell maybe not as well as when we were good but it will still sell but mm-hmm. i feel i fear that uh, similar to when jose mourinho left if when conte leaves i think that's how the club will be which i think is a worse place to be than if ole leaves right now okay fine i guess that makes a good point uh, i think the mood um, around the club the sentiment around the club was much worse when mourinho left after the loss against liverpool compared to mm-hmm. even if ole left after the 5-0 loss against liverpool i don't think the mood would have been that as bad mhm Yeah, that's a good point. Just going to another topic altogether. Let's all acknowledge that uh, Spurs actually announced an Italian manager, Antonio Conte, in Spanish. So <laughs> there was a terrible PR decision there by the Spurs team. Um, that's all I have to say right now. Spurs modeling terrible as usual. Yeah, classic Spurs. New manager, classic Spurs. They are probably the only only top six club we can take shots at right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I have I have a question for you lah. I just I was just thinking about it because you yeah. said um you are only out yeah. but then you want somebody who's coming in long term. Correct. But if somebody will come in long term then they will have a they will have a vision for a long term project and then that will take another 3 to 4 years for them to build up their squad. Yeah. Like how only at 3 years to build his squad. Yeah. And now he has failed. Long term plan and long term idea doesn't mean that it will succeed. eventually yeah you know yeah initially we talk about Ole as being a long term coach give him time yeah short term managers like conte and mourinho you see the result very fast either they fail or they succeed yeah yeah so what are your thoughts about this kind of risk taking you know so, if, if you want to go hmm. for a long term manager there, there is a risk of it failing at the end of the day yeah yeah i definitely agree uh, i think there is a big risk as well it's not just a small risk you would expect a lot of money and after three seasons you're quite drained when you need to again search for a new manager i completely agree with that but the closest thing i can find to a club who employs the short term manager strategy is chelsea they are so famous for not giving managers any time at all and they always hire short term success managers with the exception of lampard of course who again they didn't give him enough time in my opinion uh so i don't know i feel like even if i'm a chelsea fan i wouldn't really like it even if my team was winning trophies every three seasons for example to be changing managers so frequently i feel the identity of the team is being changed so often maybe maybe it's a effect of being comfortable uh, when focusing on the manager where you knew every season or you had a top class manager who would win but i feel like i want that feeling back so i would rather the risk uh, getting the long term manager even if he that's a risk of him failing so uh, i mean I yeah don't... yeah sorry i don't i don't agree um i think uh besides Ferguson and Wenger like most of the managers right now like okay like i think is pet the longest serving in the premier league right now is it Chandai is one of those players, uh, managers but like the top class managers like i feel if i was manchester united i would clearly want to have like multiple managers and win pre- and win trophies rather because we are manchester united if you say the name of manchester united being so popular we're supposed to be synonymous with trophies So I would better prefer a success over continuity right now. I don't God are the days in which you have a manager that's going to be given like 10 years like a Ferguson or a Wenger right now. We have to uh, adopt the times. Like 10 years ago there was no such thing as Gergen pressing and 10 years 5 5 10 years ago. I mean of course there was Barcelona time but before Barcelona there was no such thing as 
tiki taka football, you know. So things change over time. You got to adapt, uh, adapt with it. Uh, true, fair point. But uh, when I look at, uh, I mean, right now, I think the top three managers in Premier League are Tuchel, Klopp and uh, Guardiola, of course. And I, when I look at those three, I would rather have Klopp at Liverpool or Pep at City rather than Tuchel at Chelsea. Because I know uh, Klopp at, at Liverpool and Pep at Chelsea, uh, City have had their time to build the team. And right now, the team knows exactly what uh, how they are playing. And they've had like five seasons or so to sort of uh, bring their imprint on the club. And they have a certain identity. While Tuchel at Chelsea is so brand new that you never know he could be out next season if uh, maybe if he wins this season and next season he doesn't perform halfway into the season, he's going to be out. Or well, that's not the case at Liverpool or uh, City. So just looking at that, I feel like uh, even as a United fan, I would rather have what a Liverpool fan or City fan has right now compared to what a Chelsea fan has. Yeah, that makes sense. I just want to I just want to raise up a point as a Liverpool fan. I, I know it may come out as weird, but um, as a Liverpool fan looking at Jurgen Klopp, he has been there for six years now. Yeah. And hopefully in the next two years, then he will slowly announce that he will he will how do I say he will quit Liverpool. Yes. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. In the next two or three years. Why Why do I say so? Is because after seeing what happened to MU and Arsenal after. Um, Ferguson and Wenger left you know I, I do not want I feel like there's a downside to having a long-term manager yes you can have 20, 20 over years of success like, like how MU had but it's the handover period you know like after yes. Ferguson MU, MU currently is still struggling Arsenal yeah. currently is still struggling even after Wenger left for, for so long yeah that, that's my point I think Uday gets what I'm trying to say here yeah, yeah, yeah I totally does. understand uh, oh, but, but the other thing is also that when you change managers so frequently, wouldn't your spending be also higher? I mean, uh, granted that Ole has spent a lot being one manager, Pep has spent a lot, but Klopp hasn't. And there are a lot of managers who, uh, when if a single manager at a club, they may not need to spend as much as if you bring in a manager every two seasons. Because every manager will have to dismantle the team and rebuild in their own image again. Yeah, I get what I mean, Arjun. Probably not as frequent as Chelsea, but um, probably as stable as... You know how Bayern Munich changed their manager every two to three years? Okay, yeah. That's, four years? That, that's more fair. Maybe a balance. Maybe. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Bayern, like, like, like Bayern doesn't come across as a, you know, higher and fire kind of club. But yeah. they do change their manager every, you know, every two to three seasons. Yeah. That makes sense. I yeah, agree. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so... That's probably a, a good, how to say, compre- uh, how to say uh, compromise, compromise between, you know, a, so, a good So whichever like. way we look at it, it's time for Liverpool. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. can, <laughs> can we add it? It's just who comes in. It, whichever who way it is, it's time for Ole to go. It's just depending on who comes in. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Probably by then, um, two years later, Gerard will be ready. For Liverpool, <laughs> you mean, yeah. Bro. <laughs> interesting yeah. interesting yeah yeah yeah. he should go to Newcastle now like, just to build up his Premier League experience uh, no. <laughs> I don't think he'll go to any other Premier League side uh. yeah, honestly yeah, yeah. Like, he should just I, I, if I was him I would avoid Premier League uh, football I don't know he might eventually join Liverpool but I should just avoid it like all these managers who do well in other clubs and you think that he will do well in the Premier League 
most of them have actually been quite a uh, disappointment. So yeah. I would avoid that in general altogether. I agree. No, no, he might be a success. I'll be happy if he's successful, but I would just avoid it if I was him. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Who knows? We might have Rooney back in your Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Rooney is probably staying at Derby County lah. Yeah, for now lah, for now lah. I meant like maybe three seasons in the future. You never know, right? Wow, yeah. That'll be interesting to have Rooney. Yeah, I feel like he'll be a lot more fierce than Ole. Yeah, still think Ronaldo will be uh, a better play manager than anyone. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like. Could be. Mm. All right. I think, um, think Ronaldo is demanding a very high standard. He'll be a good captain yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess moving on to our next topic, Stephen. Uh, recently we just concluded the uh, Champions League, and you brought up how MU beat Atalanta, and the other match that happened was Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid. Um, I noticed that I spoke about the group of that and indicating that Liverpool will go through the next round. Um, and then I was saying Porto and Atletico might fight for the second and third place. Um, and looks like that's what's going to happen. Uh, what are your are thoughts? Are you trying to say guys? that you, you predicted it, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, but that's not where I was going to go ahead into. I was basically going to head into the next part of the conversation, which was, uh, what do you think of Liverpool's chances of winning the Champions League this season? Sorry, just before Stephen, just before you answer that, I also want to add that I think me and Odie also mentioned that uh, we thought the real group of death will be Emu's group, and it turns out it is. So yeah. No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I I don't get why you all think that group of death is Emu's group because on paper, <laughs> I mean like on paper, Emu is significantly so much stronger than the other three teams. That is why. That is why the problem is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, probably because you take into account Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, then probably that's why it's grew out there. <laughs> I, I, I honestly still think United will finish third. I still think they will finish third and go into the Europa League. They're probably going to lose the next two matches. We still have a chance to do that, actually. Finishing yeah, third. a big chance. But anyway, sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. Ask your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like um. I'm I'm actually surprised, you know, to 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 that Liverpool qualified top of the group with two games to, to to spare, you know, and then now we have um I think alongside with Bayern and Ajax, we have qualified. So I think um who else? Uh? I, I don't recall, but uh, Juventus, we qualified to the Juventus. Yes, yes, we qualified the last sixteen, you know, with two games to spare. So I'm actually surprised that we beat. Atletico in both matches. I was I was, I was thinking that one of them would have been draw or, or maybe we, we would lose in Madrid. But then again, I think uh, yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly good. <laughs> we emerged from the group of them, uh, top of the group. Um, I think it depends. Uh, I still I I'm still very cautious about our chances, you know, even though you know we are top of the group. And then and then um I think since Jurgen Klopp has been here. Um, Liverpool has not been performing um, as smooth sailing as as this season for the past few seasons because it always goes right down to the wire. You know, the last game, everything's on the line. You know, there's a lot of permutation. If Liverpool win, if Liverpool lose, if Liverpool draw, what happen? Yeah, and then eventually we got it through. We just scraped through. But this time round, we got through. You know, 
with uh, 12 points from four games, maximum points. So it depends, you know, I mean, like looking across Europe. Um, Bayern Munich still is still the team to beat, I feel. Um, and then um, Barcelona, maybe not as strong. Real Madrid, not as strong as, as previous season. So yeah, like what all the pundits say, probably our biggest um, rival for Champions League is we have to look within England, which is Chelsea and City. Yeah, these are the two teams that, that is our, our main rival right now. But um, City might struggle against PSG. And if they qualify second in the group, they will probably get somebody who is um, stronger in the last 16. Chelsea as well, they have lost to Juventus and probably they will qualify second in the group as well. So it's interesting, it's interesting to see who they will face in the last 16. Yeah, any top seed um, that they will face, probably a strong team. Manchester United... Um, probably a few second myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so yeah, 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 go ahead. So I'll I'll still remain cautious about about um um Liverpool chances. You know, I don't want to you know get ahead and say that hey, I see Liverpool having a big chance because um we are still making silly mistakes in, uh, in the league. It's not as if like we, we, we powered through. Probably when we won the league that season, when we won so many matches, then I'm very confident to say that hey, we have we stand a chance in the Champions League. But this season, you know, looking at the game against Brentford, recently against Brighton, we conceded silly goals. Um, yeah, so that's my only doubt so far. La. Attacking-wise, Mo Salah, um, it's in a form of his life. I feel that this season he is even better than he was in 2017, 2018. Yeah, probably that season is because that, that, that was the first time we saw him in England doing so well and then everybody felt that eh, oh, Salah is very good. But this season, I feel that he is outperforming his uh, goal-scoring tally uh, from four years ago. So, attacking-wise, not an issue, but probably the defensive side. You know, after the ACL injury suffered by uh, Virgil van Dijk, you know, he still haven't back to his top form yet. I would say, I would even say, John Marty played better um, this season than uh, Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, so it remains to be seen how our defence cope against the bigger teams come knockout stage. I think you were going to ask me a question, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I felt that uh, a surprise dark horse this season would be Ajax as well. What do you think? Yeah, um, I do agree. I mean, like, wow, over the two games against Borussia Dortmund, they beat them, you know, four new and then three, uh, four new at home and then three one away. Um, well, well, of course, the, the away game helped by also a, a Matt Hamill's red card. But then again, I'm very surprised, you know, like what like what you mentioned um earlier, their manager, uh, Ten Hag, is it? Yeah, Eric Ten Hag. He managed to yeah, he managed to revive this uh West Ham plot, Sebastian Haller. Yeah, <laughs> you know, who is scoring for fun in Champions League, and then, and then, uh, I watched the highlight against Borussia Dortmund. They have this winger, right winger called Anthony. Yes, correct. He is a Brazilian yeah. youngster. He is twenty one or twenty three years old, and his his crosses, he he has three assists. You know, his three <laughs> assists to the all three goals for Ajax. If, if you if you watch the highlight. Yeah, I mean, like he's a really exciting, exciting talent, and of course, we all know that Ajax has been performing, uh, have been producing talent all over, uh, over the years, and it remains to be seen how far they can go. I'm, I'm very excited to see how how far they will go this season. Probably as you know, like how they did two, two, three seasons ago when they qualified to the champion, uh, uh, when they reached the semi final. Yeah, so you know, Anthony, they got this guy named Gravenberg. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Uh, and also, it's a, it's a mix of old and young players. You know, you have Haller in front and up front. Then you have this guy, um, ex Southampton striker, Dusan Tadic as well. Yeah. And, and you have um, Daily Blind at left back. Daily Blind as well. Ex Everton midfielder, Klassen. Yeah. And, and yeah, the two so centre backs are below six feet. They have short centre backs. Below sixteen. Below six feet. Oh, below six they're feet. Yeah, yeah, they're very short. Uh, they're very short. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so probably we should play your long ball against them then. Yeah, oh, probably. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you need a Marlon Fellaini oh, against them. Oh yeah. Fellaini <laughs> did really well. Yeah. So it was a very safe answer, Stephen. Um. I still think uh, Bayern Munich, as you, I think you brought up, Bayern Munich uh, is the team to beat this season. I don't, they actually have a goal difference of 15. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they must have scored the highest number of goals uh, in the Champions League this season. Can anyone reconfirm that? I think they have the most goals. So, Liverpool might struggle against Bayern Munich, definitely. But Liverpool have done a good job so far. Uh, I don't deny that. Uh, yes, you're right. They, they have the most goals. Yes. All right. Yeah. Thanks for it. <laughs> um, and I don't think uh, Barcelona might be causing trouble to Liverpool. The fact that Liverpool was able to uh, beat them the last time out they met, if I'm not mistaken, the last match. Uh, the fact that there's no Messi there to help them out is going to be an issue. Uh, let's just not talk about Manchester United. Uh, Manchester City still has a chance, of course. Um, so, very safe answer. And I understand why you're safe because there is still Bayern Munich and Manchester City there. Arjun, do you yeah, agree? I think the game, against, the game between, um, if it will come to Bayern, between Bayern and Liverpool, I feel it is a game, uh, I think the defence will de- determine the game because both okay. teams have amazing attack. You know, Lewandowski is in amazing form. He just got a hat-trick in the last yeah. uh, Champions League match day. And I mean, like, if, if, if you look at Bayern's past result, recently they, they lost 5 new against Mönchengladbach in the you know, German, German Cup. And it's not as okay. if they, that they, 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 they field a, 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 a second-string team, you know, Lewandowski was playing, Noya was playing. So, you know, it depends on which, which, which defence turn out, you know. Hopefully, Matip and Virgil van Dijk can get up to speed as soon as possible. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but what happened to Ibrahim Konate? Is he not your... First choice centre back, Stephen. If you had a chance, um, I feel he is still um being eased into the team. Right, recently against the game against I think MU, and then recently against Brighton, he um Jurgen Klopp started to start to ease him into the team, and then he started to replace John Matip uh to be the partner alongside Virgil Van Dijk. I feel personally, I still feel more comfortable with Matip beside Van Dijk, and Matip will do this kind of thing like. He's very good in terms of bringing the ball out from the back. I don't know whether you all watched yeah, this game yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever the play is looks... a bit stagnant, he'll try to dribble forward a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. He, he's very good at that, but it looks a bit awkward because he has very long legs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very funny. I feel Martin is a very underrated um defender. Yeah, yeah. And and like like what I say, I watched Liverpool game, I feel that he's he's performing even better than Virgil van Dijk this season. Right. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I definitely agree as well to, uh, to what you all said. I think uh, Liverpool still have good competition of uh, in terms of Bayern, Man City, even Chelsea. 
uh, these are probably the main competition that they have left. Still too uh, early to say lah, who will win, uh, Arjun. Right. Yeah, but I mean, what, what I mean is Liverpool is showing good form. Uh, maybe AC Milan underperform as well in the group, but uh, Liverpool just mentioning Atletico showed that they probably have what it takes to go all the way this season. Hey, we never talk about PSG at all, huh? <laughs> I I honestly think PSG have been really underwhelming. Yeah, they did draw against Leipzig as well. Yeah. So I don't know. PSG I, I, is always hot. I don't think really give them much chance to be honest. Yeah, definitely. It's always just been a very hot, cold team. They'll be able to destroy small teams, but then when they're put under pressure, they will just crack under it. And yeah. we've seen that happen so many times. I, I think once they face like Liverpool or Bayern or Chelsea, they're definitely going to lose. That'll be the end of the road for them. Yeah, I, I feel like Messi still hasn't... How to say? He's hit his top form in Paris. Yeah, and also PSG... Also seems like the team which relies on moments, individual moments, rather than playing as a team. It's just that they have uh, much better individual players. <laughs> <laughs> and a better coach. So PSG is the correct. French Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and also, the French league isn't as hard, so they look better. If only, if only Manchester United was in uh, the French league. But I think we'll even bottle that as well. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll probably get third or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, guys, I think we have discussed a lot, um, a, a very, very in-depth uh, across the two topics about MU and as well as the Liverpool chances in Champions League. Um, thank you, Uday. Thank you, Arjun, for joining joining me today. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having yeah, me. Thanks, Stephen. All right. Uh, listeners, if you have any comments of our podcast, please do leave us a DM. My Instagram handle is at Stephen underscore rock underscore on. Arjun's Instagram handle is at Ruven Arjun. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Mr. Boy SG and Starstruck Bakery. We'll see you again next time in the next episode. In the meantime, stay safe and bye-bye. Bye-bye.